spectacles Honda Suzuki, helping riders have fun since 1954. What's up, everybody? Jay Soares back in the studio over here with another episode of Betancourt's podcast. Today, we're going to be talking to a couple local agents from the local Plymouth office of Geico, coming down to talk about how they're going to help us improve our sales flow and pass that benefit down to the customer. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. We have an amazing selection of Honda generators and snowblowers in stock. Don't wait until it's too late. Secure your Honda power equipment today. What's up, everybody? Jay Soares over here in the Betancourt studio, and today we have Matt and Jeff here with us from the Plymouth office of Geico. Um, what's going on, guys? How are you guys doing today? Not too much, Jay. How are you doing today? I'm doing just fine, and even better since you guys showed up. We got some great news uh, today coming from Geico. Uh, we actually been reaching out, trying to find local agents that, that are willing to uh, put forth the effort to run these plates, make make uh, the process smooth for our customers, and they want to do the same for you, becoming the Geico customer. So uh, if you guys want to just give us a little bit about the process and tell us uh, how this is going to improve the flow of getting a brand new bike from our dealership. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity here. So yeah, we, we just opened up a few months ago over in Plymouth, uh, really trying to hit the community and help you guys out, get the bikes registered, get the insurance going, save a bunch of money and help you guys any way we can. So the, the process is, I mean, you're gonna call Matt over here and he's gonna take care of you on the insurance side. And then we're gonna work out the, the registration, no problem for you figure out a way to get the place for you, see if we can get you off the lot right away on the same day. Absolutely, yeah, very smooth process. Uh, you know, Jay and uh, the rest of the guys here have been great. They're gonna give you my number. Just give me a call, we get the insurance. It's not gonna take more than 15 minutes. Uh, and yeah, it gets it gets the registration in and out the door real quick like that, get the plates real quick, and yeah, get you out on the road. Awesome. You know, I've been uh, going with Geico for few years now they've always been great to me um even you know during um uh, you know time time of despair you know the my my repairs have been done quick I, everything that i've ever dealt with through geico has been amazing so thank thank you guys for coming in today and um taking the time to uh talk to the customers and let them know what to expect this this uh coming season because it's going to be a great one yeah, we appreciate it. Ride safe out there. We're going to help out. Just let us know. Give us a call. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages with JoJo Keller coming into the studio talking about the 2022 Monster Energy Supercross season. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Sean Bradbury, sales manager here at Bettencourt's. Let's get you in and out, back on the road, in a brand new Suzuki or Honda or pre-owned motorcycle today. Hey, my name is Ruben from the parts department. If you're looking for quality helmet selection, look no further. We have Arai, Shelby, HJC, Thor, and many more. Let me assist you in getting the best helmet for your upcoming motorcycle. Right, we got our first customer over here that just came back from the Geico office down in Plymouth. Spencer, go ahead and tell us about how your experience was with Geico today. Super simple from Geico. About a 30-minute drive from Betancourt. In and out, 30 minutes, no issues. Handed my ID over. Everything was set in stone out of there beautiful so one location insured registered left there with a plate in his hand 
Um, and he's going to be leaving here today on his brand new financed bike. Uh, that's something that we haven't had over here at Benton Courts, but we are making it happen. And thanks to Geico of Plymouth for making it happen today for us. And thank you for becoming a Benton Courts customer. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Jay Soares over here. I got Lewis over here with us, the newest sales member. How's it going, of, Jay? Of the sales team. It's going good. Um, today we're talking about Geico. Uh, break it down to our customers. Let them know what to expect with this new uh, process that we have working with the Geico office out of Plymouth. So what we're trying to do is streamline the process with Geico. We're now able to do same-day plates. No more having to wait at the registry. No more having to set an appointment. Having to wait for your place to drive home your new motorcycle. You can talk to Matthew Carlin over at the Plymouth office in Geico, 53 Commerce Way. That's where we're sending all of our business to now. They're going to be making sure they get you riding in style. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, you know, before we didn't have a, a local insurance agent that was really you know, pushing the business to, to get the plates to the customers like this. So we're excited, really going to make things happen. So stay tuned and be sure to come down, check us out and give, give Geico a call too. They can always improve your rates. 508-927-5331. Yes, sir. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages with Jojo Keller coming into the studio talking about the 2022 Monster Energy Supercross season. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Mike. I'm a motorcycle inspector here at Bettencourt's. Where we do the inspections, there are no appointments necessary. Come on down between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. between Monday and Saturday. Make sure to bring your registration. $15 can be paid by credit card, debit card, or cash. Great to see you. Hey guys, this is Sarah, the parts manager here at Bencords. Stop in and check out our newly full-stocked parts department. We are getting new and upcoming products in daily. We carry all major MX gear brands with sizing ranging from taller all the way up to triple X. Our street apparel also ranges from extra small all the way up to 12X. Our professional staff will get you suited, protected, and ready to ride. What's up, everybody? Jay Soul is back in the studio. We got special guest JoJo Keller to bless us with his presence today. What's going on, JoJo? Hey, buddy. Hey, we haven't done this for a couple of months, but... uh. Happy to be back with the new Supercross season. Everyone's all excited, but uh, I heard the uh, pod with Evan Kelleher last week. Boy, that kid, I, how do you follow that? Yeah, he did a great job. You know, I, I definitely think he has an amazing, super bright career ahead of him. You know, 15 years old, he's, he's out there killing it. Yeah, it makes me feel old because I used to race with his dad, and I, uh, I watched his father grow up, and now I'm watching him grow up and, like, what the hell? I just turned 60, so I still feel so immature for my age. Never grow up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Never. What about, uh? Have, have you ever done any flat track in yourself? Yeah, just Davey B., you know, Bobby's dad, Dave Betancourt, Dick's second eldest son. He uh, could talk me into anything, and uh, I didn't like, I went to Loudon once, and I just like, I was the type to, like, I like the rough stuff. So, like, even on a smooth motocross track, I felt as though I had no advantage. But when it got really rough, I could use my strength and technique to gain. But 
on the dirt track and stuff. Like, oh, you gained an eighth of a second. Like, I used to like sections where you could gain, like, oh, you're getting three seconds a lap there. You know what I mean? So, but David talked me into, you know, going ice racing a couple of times. And the late great Aaron Kramer, he was like one of the best dirt trackers ever. And uh, one of my only claim to fame is I practiced for like a week or two and uh, we went to Sturbridge for the ice races. And Aaron Kramer and I and Brian McKenna, another great, and I had never really done it, but I just, I had the technique and stuff. So like I ran with those guys. So I was re like really proud of myself. So yeah, it's a whole different ball game. The motocross, just like Supercross, is a whole different ball game than motocross nowadays. I mean, you can't run the same suspension in motocross as you do Supercross. Back when I raced, everything was, you know, the same. Now, why? Well, well, just because the jumps and everything. Like in Supercross, you got to run uh, your compression and your springs really stiff. So when you hit the faces of the jump and everything in motocross, when you're at a higher speed. And you have natural bumps if it's that stiff. Like that's why you see guys who are in incredible shape get tired because the bikes are so they they run their suspension stiff, and you're out there in a thirty plus two moto on an outdoor track, and no matter how good a shape you're in, that's why you'll see the greats like Carmichael and all those guys. Their bikes were soft, you know, because nowadays with Supercross guys set their bikes up so they can hit the biggest jump on the outdoor track and not bottom out but now all the little bumps they're not getting any suspension mm -hmm. so back in with carmichael days and stuff they'd like they'd sacrifice bottoming out on a big jump but their suspension would be supple enough to handle but now like you see these guys like he's incredible shape he got tired after 15 minutes that's because he's got his suspension so stiff that you know he's not getting a break so yeah it's crazy it's two different sports now supercross and moto and you'll see there's certain certain riders who are like top five in moto and you never you never see him in the top 20 in supercross and vice versa you'll see some of the guys you'll see up top in supercross and they're like 30th in the motocross so i i think it's two different sports now Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see, you know, how much really goes into tuning everything and like um I just I just purchased the twenty twenty two CRF four fifty X and Bobby as soon as I bought the thing he goes, You, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And I was like, <laughs> I Oh man, I thought this bike was ready to go. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting on that thing and, and having you guys set me up right this this spring. Oh and, yeah. You know. That's the coolest thing and like I I'm fortunate enough like uh, I started riding for Motocross Fox in 1980. Betancourt's always sponsored me, but the head of Motocross Fox was Mike. The main guy there was Mike McAndrews, which started Factory Connection, did all the specialized bicycles. He was like one of the best suspension guys. And like they were doing all this stuff. And then Ricky Zilfelder, who, who uh, started, you know, he got Factory Connection from Mike McAndrews. And I'll never forget when they came out with the adjustable uh, compression and rebound dampenings, I'm there like, your life has just changed forever. Because back in my day, you know, the shocks were just, they were the way they were. You didn't have a way to, 
But when I knew they had like 22 different adjustments, I mean, they're like, guys were out riding with screwdrivers and, you know, they'd take a lap, they'd take the screwdriver, start messing with the things, and they're like, you guys are in for a, it's going to be different now. And, and Ricky Z, who owns Factory Connection, he said, like, you were right when you told me. And, you know, we ran the way it was. We'd adjust the, uh, the spring rate, you know, but that's all you could do. So it's like, oh, you put a little thicker oil if you're really heavy or whatever. Tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's crazy now. That's like you can fine tune these things so much. Uh, just the technologies, it's crazy. Yeah, but, it's amazing to see the evolution of these bikes, right. and it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's just almost. It's so much that I think a lot of people instead of enjoying riding as much or like trying to find that perfect setting mm. and it's like jeff ward you know he's like multi-time champion kawasaki rider and like mike mcandrews my buddy who i just talked about who got me my first ride with motocross box he was his factory mechanic when he won his championships in 85 and and stuff and it, that guy he rode the bike no matter how it was set up he figured a way to ride the bike. He's just like, oh, it's too soft, it's too stiff. He's there like, I'll figure this out. Like He told me a story once, he had a blown shark. And Jeff, like, his lap times never changed. Wow. He just figured out a way to ride the bike. He went on to win like a Formula One race. He got third at Indy 500. So obviously the guy's a genius, but it's just like you gotta learn to adapt to the stuff. And I'm not against technology or anything. I'm just saying like, even I, like, when I got that new bike last year, I'm there like, okay, I got 22 different settings to choose from. It's like, Jesus, what am I going to do here? But it's all awesome. That's great stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about 2022 Monster Energy Supercross. Oh, yeah. Amazing start to the season. Um, if you want to go ahead and kick things off, what you've you've been watching Right. Well, I'm. I'll just say brief synopsis. I've been saying for the last like five years, Cooper Webb's the smartest rider I've seen, and so like I expect him to pretty much win every race. But on the other hand, I know how good Sexton is, and I'm like you. I have a little obsession with Hondas. Just a little. So I like Hondas one, two, or three. By the way, and. uh I know how good a rider he is. I know how talented he is. But to me, Cooper Webb is like, he knows how to get it done. And as far as racecraft, I think he's smarter. But there's another dude that I think's good who hasn't had a good few years, and that's Jason Anderson. He goes from the Chrome Molly uh, Husky to the aluminum frame Kawasaki that Tomac wanted off of. And right now, I think you got to, anyone who's watched the first three races, Tomac's been the best guy all three. Oh, yeah, so he's, that's he's been the biggest surprise to me. And, like, the guy, maybe because I had my shirt untucked always, too, but I've always liked him. And then when he won that title, and they're like, he was literally out riding dudes. But everyone said, oh, it's just a weird year because other guys didn't do well, but... This guy can really ride. And it was just weird because, like, 
everyone thinks the KTM's Huskies and gas gases with that pro molly frame have a huge advantage over the the aluminum frame Japanese bikes. Meanwhile, Anderson last year was like almost embarrassing. He started picking up later, but uh, from day one, I think he's been the fastest in two qualifyings, and he won. He should have won. He should have won uh, Anaheim, and Bam Bam took him down. Yeah, and I love Bam Bam. Breaks already this year. Yeah, it was just a bad. You know, he passed Bam Bam. Bam Bam wins to the next thing, and so. Oh, sorry about that, folks. I don't know. How to turn it and uh, and then Oakland won easily, and I think he was catching Sexton at San uh, San Diego, and then the bike started smoking. Then it was just ironic because. I don't know, the year Osborne, so not last year, but the year before, Osborne won the outdoor title, and Eli's bike broke twice, two two motos, same thing, started smoking, then DNF'd. And I, it was just funny, Eli finished second. He goes by Osborne, and the Kawasaki's smoking, and Osborne's slowing down, so Eli must have been, yeah, that's why I left. But it was just crazy. But what a season. They wanted parity. And, like, for the last, like, six or seven years, there's, like, three guys who could win. Three or four, maybe. you got ten guys right now who can win. So it's just incredible. And it's awesome because they, I think it's really going to grow the sport because they have access to, you know, Peacock, NBC Sport, whatever. So, like... People are seeing this, and like, you know, a few years ago, it would be like Tomac Roxon or whatever, you know, James Stewart or Carmichael. I mean, Carmichael and Stewart, there were years when like they'd win like 90% of the races, then you'd maybe have one or other guy win a race. Now you legitimately have seven or eight guys on the line who could win any race. So it's really cool. So the competition out there is pretty intense, though. Oh, exactly. It's oh, yeah. just no. It's, that's that's what they always want. It's like I, you know, I was racing back in, you know, my my time racing was like eighty till like eighty seven, and if you look back then, there were six or seven guys that would win, and so like I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying like for the uh, person watching or the fan, it's like. We went through a long phase there with McGrath, Carmichael, James Stewart. They'd win like 80% of the races. And I was like huge fans of theirs. I always root for the favorite, not the underdog like most guys, because like it's so hard to keep winning constantly. But it did get a little like, Redundant. now you got like, you knew what was going to happen. It was Either like he's watching the win, dynasty of the Patriots on win or he's gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what they wanted in the NFL, too, parity. Right. They just want a little parity instead of the same teams, and that's what we got. It's, it's funny how football and uh, Supercross parallel each other, you know, because back when those guys were winning every race, we had the same six teams in the playoffs every year, and now we had, like, that may have been the greatest season of football ever. Oh, I mean, yeah, the greatest... Yeah. Uh, 
two days of football ever. Those Un- were like unbelievable the, every games. Every game was awesome. Unbelievable. And we had upsets in three out of the four. Huge. Huge upsets. And it's the same thing with, like, Sexton wasn't an upset. Everyone knows he's ready to win. Oh, yeah. But Anderson winning and, like, obviously Roxon winning. Everyone knows how good Roxon is, but the way it happened, like, he hadn't been on a bike for two weeks, deathly ill. He goes out there and, like, gets the whole shot. Everyone makes mistakes. It's just crazy, like, the parody. That's what they're looking for because, no, I loved it when Stewart went 24 moto wins in a row. Carmichael did the same thing. Bobby Orr, Tom Brady. I'm a Tiger Woods. I love it. Like, I always, like, I never root against those guys because it's so hard to keep winning. But you got to admit, when you got, like, Seven guys, eight guys, nine guys who can win, as opposed to like one guy's either going to win or make a mistake. You're waiting for him to make a mistake so someone else wins, you know what I mean? So it's cool, right? Now. So now, if you were to predict right now who's going to take the championship this year in the 450 and the 250? Well, like I said at the beginning, Cooper Webb, that dude, if you watch the races, like, like, everyone says someone took somebody out and everything. Like, when's the last time you saw someone take Cooper Webb out? What happens is these guys know the angles of these 90-degree turns and everything. So someone else is desperate. So someone goes in and tries to take, you know, cuts in front of them. They, like, try to get around them. They fall. They finish 12. Cooper Webb sees it and goes, oh, I see what you're doing. He jams on his brakes waits for them to pass, cuts underneath. You know, he's just really, really smart. They're, they're all really, really smart. It's just like in the heat of the moment, Cooper Webb knows how to do that. And, I, you know, and I know he's not the coolest interview and all that, but I do believe he's the smartest. Tomac's smart, too. And, like, like I told you many times before, I was like, I outweighed everybody and was way stronger than most of the guys I raced. But I never use that to an advantage. I don't believe in the, like, stuffing people and all that crap. Because you know, like, it's going to come back to you, right? So I always believe, like, outsmart the guy, whatever. But it's just when you see some of the guys ride, you say, oh, he got taken out. No, he didn't really get taken out. The guy was in the he position. Kind of forced the issue. And he tried to motor around him in a desperate move where, like, everyone else, like Cooper Webb and those guys... So, I I think it's gonna be like the way Anderson's riding, and it'll probably be someone else. But I think it's gonna be like, even though Anderson like he's like six points out, and he's had like the worst luck ever. Mm-hmm. Basically, he could have won all three races easily. But I think it's gonna be Cooper Webb, Anderson, Tomac, you know, and Ferrandis. You know, he had a horrible start, but. After what he did in the 450 Nationals last year, he, like, dominated those dudes. So, it's sad the start is so important. But on the other on the other side, like, the 250, obviously, uh, you know, Christian Craig, I used to race against his dad. Oh, wow. And so, I know him well. I watched him grow up. He rode for Factory Connection, Ricky Z's team that I used to have a lot of involvement with. So, you know, and everyone's there, oh, he's, like, 30 and... It's supposed to be a young man's class, but the guy like had a broken back, and 
all this stuff. But like, he's really good. But who I'm really, uh, who I've been watching for the last few years is that Moseman. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. This Moseman. Everyone's there, like he makes mistakes. He's like very fast, but he does this. But he's really smart. Like the sm- mistakes he makes are ridiculous. They're not like just because he's like not good and panics. Right. They're just kind of flukes. And he won his first race at San San Diego. But I really have been watching him for like the last four years, and he's got something special. And he's a different kind of cat. You know, he's not. He's not your typical motocrosser, like he's into a lot of other, you know, he's not the Southern California, like, hey, dude, let's go ride. But, so, anyway, in the 250, obviously, Colt Nichols, defending champ, hurt first round. Jay Lixwell, hurt first round. And then one or two other guys got, so, like, that was like a tough coast. But in one round, it went to like, oh, the guys who were getting six now have a chance to get second and third, you know? So right. mm-hmm. it's going to be a great, great series. I can't wait for the East Coast to see Jet Lawrence. I want Honda guys. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Hunter. I just mentioned Chris and Craig and, and uh, Moseman, but obviously I'm a big Honda guy, big factory connection, Geico guy. Geico got the Lawrence brothers over here. I'm hoping Hunter, he's, what did he go, 3-2-2? Two, two? I believe so. Yeah, yep. so he's right, he's there. right there. Yep, yep. And he he actually tried to pass Mosem, and he did sideways. So, like, I'd love to see uh, the Hondas on top, and we all know how crazy Jet is, but uh, it's going to be fun. And what do you think about Stank Dog coming out with the – two-stroke out there i know there was a lot of talk about that right. i'm so old buddy that i remember there was a day where uh it was all two strokes and some guy named scott summers got an xr650 and went out and started racing the gnccs and he started beating them we're like Oh my God, a four stroke. You know, Gary, the head mechanic here, been here for years. They call him XR, Gary XR. He like loves four stroke. And so all these guys are like, because we grew up, it was all four strokes. And then 73, the Elsinores and the Yama. So it became two strokes. But the older guys like remembered all oh, those triumphs, the BSAs, that four stroke sound. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like 1989 or 90. And this guy, like, we hadn't he- heard a four-stroke on a racetrack for God knows how long. And this guy's on an XR650 beating the best in the world. And people were going crazy. And then, like, 30 years later or whatever, I wake up and I'm there like, the two-stroke guy <laughs> qualified for the 250. You know? It's funny you say that because, you know, uh, that's exactly, you know, they they were talking about it on, on the air, you know, that that – that zinging you're hearing on the on the racetrack, that's that's a two-stroke out there, you know. Don't and uh, kind of like you're saying, you know, hearing that four-stroke out there with the yeah. two-strokes back in the day. I actually know. posted on social media for one of the few times, you know, and they like I mentioned that like what's what was cool or when uh, Scott Summers rode that XR650 or Stank Dog, I'm like it was like seventy or eighty percent Stank Dog, and I'm like, boy, I really am getting old because <laughs> you know. I, 
it's time I stop worrying about what people think. So I'm going to say it like it is. Everyone who was in front of Stank Dog could have qualified on that 125. But they, they're more competitive than that. So that's not taking anything away from how cool it was and all that. But mm. he's got a following, you know, with a, you know, everyone loves him and stuff. And it's cool. And people love two strokes. But, and it was smart of him because he's getting so much. But the thing is, like, I truly believe Jet Lawrence, Kristen Craig, uh, the other Lawrence Hunter, I think those guys, if you gave them a, a two-stroke, they may be able to win on it still. Right. So, to me, for him to qualify, yeah, that's great. But every, it's like, I don't know, it's, I sound like an old fart <laughs> saying this stuff. Because no, I, mean, I love Stank Dog, and I see what a good rider he is, uh-huh. and I know how tough it is, and... He's doing triples that like those those two fifty four strokes. They can just you know come out of a corner and just oh, yeah, they, they look the effortless. He's got to be so. Yeah. I've got the utmost respect. But on the other hand, it's like I don't know. It's just like <laughs> I never tried to just race. It's like I thought the idea was to do the best you could, and like you can't do the best you can on that bike. So you're just doing it for those guys. You know what I mean? Which is cool. And I love it. And if you can make a living, it's awesome. So I, I don't want to sound at all like that's stupid. I'm just saying, like, like why? Well, why I'm friends it? with all the guys. I'm friends with his side. I'm friends with the other guy. And when he went on social media and told all those people to f off, and oh yeah, pulp. they said you couldn't do it. And they're like, dude, do you realize like everyone in front of you could have also qualified on the two stroke? Mm, mm. You know. So I'm not like I say. It sounds like I'm taking something away from him. It's just like. I talk to the guys around here all the time, too, and they're like, what do you like better, two strokes or four strokes? And they're like, I never even considered, you know, whatever your lap times are the best on, whatever you have the most, the best chance of winning on. And in your mind, in today's day and age, it's it's the four strokes. Oh, it's fun, it sounds better, it smells better. And they're like, dude, I, I thought the idea was trying to win. Right. You know, so... So whatever's going to give you the best right. possible like, chance out there. You know, my buddy, uh, and some people say, oh, it's a built-in excuse. Like, oh, he, if he qualifies, he may. But, and I, I'm not into that. I know he's doing it for his own reasons, and he's right. got the following. And But it's just like. Yeah, I think a lot of people would love to see more two-strokes out there. And oh, my even, God. Even two-strokes coming back from Honda, you know. If they don't start a two-stroke class in the next couple of years, it's like. That's the way this 250 class they're running now. Mm-hmm. That started for young guys, support class. Now that's the most competitive class. They're making the most money and stuff. It's like, there's absolutely no reason. Because look at this. Like, guys go, the up-and-comers, they got to go from 85s. And they don't even have the 125 two-strokes anymore. They got to go, basically, go to 85s to 254 strokes. So the logical thing is 125 two strokes. So get rid of that class and put them on 125 two strokes for kids up until 22 years old, like they do in Europe, you know? And it's like, it's not a popular thing, and there's a lot of money involved in that. 
with advertising and stuff. But in Europe, don't forget, like, those guys race at 250. There's a 23-year-old cutoff limit. Oh, wow. And now it sounds like I'm putting down Chris and Craig, which I'm not. <laughs> because I'm just saying the way it is, that's where the money is. Geico, my favorite team ever. My best friends owned it. I worked for them for years. They're pretty much like, that's what started it. It's like, it was supposed to be, you know, working your way up to the big class, but they got Geico, they got all these sponsors. Some of the 250 guys were making more money than the 450 guys. Wow. To this day, that's true. So, it's good stuff. I appreciate you taking the time today, JoJo, coming down, spend some time in the studio. Hopefully, uh, I can steal you from the shop more often, get you over here. Oh, thanks, buddy. Anytime you get me out of the uh, out of service department, sorry I carried on so much, but I'm just happy to be out of the service department. No, anytime. We're always all right. here to listen to you ramble on. Love you, buddy. All the good stuff. Anyway, that's all we got for today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to check us out next Thursday right here on the Betting Courts Podcast. Keep the rubber side down. Peace.